Bank Safety Podcast with Vance and Bart. Good to see you. Good to see you. Uh, we haven't been canceled yet. We haven't been canceled yet. <laughs> Episode two we're, might we're just be published. <laughs> we if, are working on being canceled. If you all are hearing this, then we have not been canceled or you've stored this prior to us being canceled. That's true. So today, I think we will talk a little bit about cancel culture. So I'll go ahead and give you uh, a good one for today, Vance. Uh, Today, uh, Gina Carano, are you familiar with her? That is the big tough chick on The Mandalorian. And I think she was in Deadpool, no? Maybe? So you are familiar with her body of work. That's right. So she posted something uh, on the Twitterverse, Instagrammableverse. And I I see a screen capture here in front of me, and I'm going to read it in its entirety. Um, This is the post that got her fired. So... uh, just for those who are listening, there's an image of what appears to be uh, maybe some some folks running from maybe the SS, it looks like. Uh, and then it has this written above it. It says, Jews were beaten in the streets, not by Nazi soldiers, but by their neighbors, even by children. And then it has this quote. Because history is edited, most people today don't realize that to get to the point where Nazi soldiers could easily round up thousands of Jews, the government first made their own neighbors hate them simply for being Jews. How is that any different from hating someone for their political views? So, I'm just going to go ahead and say the things that are the most obvious takeaways from that. if we just look at it in a vacuum, like what I actually think of this uh, before we kind of go into how this could get somebody fired, I think first off, it's <laughs> once we have a uh, once we have a, a podcast that's been established for a little while, I think people will come to understand this about us. But I think. Let's go ahead and make some things explicit. Maybe first off is that someone's political views and someone being a Jew is absolutely different. There is a difference between something you cannot help because you're born that way and things that you, you know, beliefs that you espouse, right? Uh, So I, I definitely see that there is a, marked difference between those two things. Uh, so I am already, you know, a little bit out of agreement with this post itself, but I don't think that's really what we're going to t- 
talk about here. I don't think we're necessarily going to talk about how this post is right or wrong. I think it's more about how the spirit of this is very much about questioning, and it doesn't seem to be uh, offensive at all um, or mean-spirited, really, so much as, uh, as, as questioning, and it's powerful enough to have gotten someone fired. So what do you make of that? Well, first, I want to go ahead and offend some people really quick. And uh, so the Zionist belief is, now, I, I'm speaking about Zionist in its true form, not what the news thinks it is or your typical neighbor thinks it is, but what a Zionist really is. So your Zionists believe that a Jew is a race, right? Uh and they aim to prove it, but yet have never been able to. Uh, I personally believe that Jews, being Jewish, is a religion. Being somebody that converted myself, I think that it's a religion. Maybe that's self-serving. But, I mean, they call it a religion. It's classified non-profit, you know, as a religion, I don't think it's a race, okay? Um, so, that changes things when you think, when you try to say being born, you're born free and you choose to be religious or not and what religion, just like I guess if you choose to be political, uh, what politics, what, whatever, right? Uh, so I'd have to disagree with you on that from a non-Zionist position. But if I were to take what your typical con, neo-conservative or neo-democrat believes about Jews and be a Zionist about it, then yes, I would say, you know, you're not, you're just born that way, right? So, um, and then people will say, oh, well, you're raised Jewish. Well, you're raised to be a Republican or a Democrat, do you? If your parents are, right? It's the same fucking thing, right? Um, but her, her quote was, you know, was powerful in the sense that it brought something to light that I haven't seen on any mainstream. And that is the, the rat culture that we have today. The, the Karens and the just happy to destroy their neighbor over something that does not affect their life at all. We would call them narcs. Right. Um, I saw it plain as day when the COVID thing hit at first because there were people, we had a neighbor that had a flood in their house and they had to call an emergency plumber. And this was during the two week shutdown that Georgia did do, by the way. So, um, everybody wants to get on to our governor for, you know, not shutting down the state 
and hate on him for that. Well, no, you know, he, he did shut down our, our state and that he did not have the power to do that. Yes. He cranked it back up faster than most, but he didn't have the power to do it in the first place. Shouldn't have done it. It was evil that he did it. He doesn't deserve his position anymore. Um, but nobody does. I was about to say, did he before? Yeah, nobody, nobody deserves any power over anybody else in their private property. Um, but, um, oh yeah. So a flood, they call it a plumber. Plumber comes over. You're not supposed to have contractors at your house. You know, are you supposed to just let your house rot and just wash away while you're waiting Waiting for a year later for COVID to be over, you know? I mean, it's just, it's ridiculous. And people were like, you know, calling. And even some of my more sane neighbors were like, God, you see, you know, Chuck or whoever the fuck it was, you know, they had a contractor over. Well, did you ask him why? No, but you're not supposed to. Well, their house was flooding. They had a pipe burst. Well, they still shouldn't. Have. So you wanted them to turn their water off until in, indefinitely, or if they didn't know how to turn it off at the street or whatever, just let their house destroy itself. What did, what did you want them to do? Oh, uh, 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 well, yeah, I guess if it's an emergency, right? Oh, yeah, it was. Just, and I think that's how they get you, right? They make you think that everybody who does something against the narrative or even looked optically like it's against the narrative, it's automatically evil. So you never think about a scenario where it's necessary, right? You, you don't think about, does this problem outweigh this problem or whatever, right? They don't want you to, to ever do that because... That's freedom of thought. That's freedom of choice when you say, oh, I have a risk here, but this risk I I deem less or more worthy, right? Um, and then when they get you to that point where you're like, oh, this is the most important because the news has been telling me this, they also tell you that it's right for you to impose that risk to reward on others and, and to do that is to save others lives right or yeah in the most extreme circumstances that's what they say you're saving people's lives it turns out everything they told you in the beginning was completely false completely wrong on how the virus worked and whatever but those people don't now say oh i'm sorry to everybody that i weighed the risk to reward wrongly on you they've got a contractor redoing the roof right now right in fact the person i'm talking about does you know so i think that's an that's an interesting thing to dig into the idea that we don't really understand their motivation there were they in fact let's let's call it tattling are is their desire to be a tattletale due to 
them wanting to do something for the greater good? Is it because of that? Because you're right in that that was the narrative, right? If you are, you know, locking down and masking up and whatever it is, that's for the greater good. It's saving lives. Sure. I think we're good there. I think the jump though, and I don't want to, I don't want us to be too presumptuous, but do we think that that's what the motivation was? Do you think people were telling on other people because they thought they were saving lives? No, I truly believe it's just the natural inkling of the human race to uh, want to show dominance upon other humans. Just that, you know, ladder stepping, right? So your social position in your neighborhood or whatever, like if I can dominate my neighbor, then I'm higher, right? It's, it's built into our brains, the way that we work. Right. And when you let that animal instinct, uh, outweigh your compassion instinct, right. Uh, these are the things that happen. So, when I don't know my neighbor, which I don't know a lot of my neighbors, I tend to be uh, standoffish, whatever, right? Um, basically, through if it wasn't for my son, my oldest son, probably wouldn't know any of them and I'd be happy with it. But um, it, you, when you're standoff, it's a lot easier to want to dominate somebody who you don't know, right? I don't, I don't, I've said hi to him, right? But I don't know him. And then now you're the more important person. Uh, I think a lot of it's that, you know, or jealousy or whatever, right? Right. The, the jealousy thing might be interesting to, to pick up because is there a resentment there? The idea that, oh, well, I've adjusted my life in such a way that I'm not going to do those things and if I can't, then you shouldn't either. Right. And then we can't talk about this without discussing those, what the study at, at Berkeley, the study, and then the multiple studies in Europe where you're getting results like 70% of people are willing to administer lethal levels of electrical shock to a person across the table from them just because they were assured that they had no liability, that they were being told to by a person of authority. And right. let's, let's underscore lethal. You, the word is lethal here. Yes, it's they were not, made aware of the uh, level of electricity that could be lethal. And they were willing to go gradually go up and then go above that. And a lot of them did have to be reassured that they were not liable. Like I'm being told to by a person of authority and they were still willing to hit the button. Okay. This is a huge amount of the population. In every study, women would do it more often than men, but the men were not far behind. Um, there were some studies that broke up races and whatnot, and there were always variances, right? But I think it was all within the window of, of uh, like, you know, air or whatever, you know. But it, it was always in the 70s, 
the 80 percentile in every study I've looked at. And I've looked at a lot of them, but they make me sick to look at them. Like I have to remind myself how the evil that I'm dealing with. So I have to watch, look at these, look up these studies online to remind myself that these people aren't sane. Well, and those are interesting too, because it's not, it's not something that they're doing really on their own. It's not out of their own desires, right? It's, Mm -hmm. it's something that they're being directed to do. The fact that they don't stop is interesting, but these are not folks who would like the world is not full of 80% psychopaths who are out there inflicting near lethal amounts of pain onto other people day in and day out. If so, our population would be nowhere near what it is today, right? Well, we are in a world that these people are willing to do this. Right. I think that's that's the distinction. And I think that's where a rational person would go, oh, well, the, that's not that bad. People would be just killing every day if that were the case. But the distinction is that they're not being directed to. When being directed, there there's... Go there's a high likelihood that they would. Yeah. They're, they're more worried about the repercussions than the act itself, right? We've constructed this society in a way that there are consequences and people continue to weigh those. Whereas the second that they're able to get away with inflicting mm-hmm. even a minor inconvenience on another person, they're willing to do that. Right, we, we we fantasize about that with uh, cinema, right? Like the the purge, mm-hmm. the purge, the idea that everyone is talking about what would happen if everything was legal, which is maybe we could do an episode on that as well because it just has an interesting premise. Oh yeah, I'm we can all, roll through the purge because like, my wife has made me watch all of them, and I'm like, just, that wouldn't fucking happen. And You're like, that's not even close. <laughs> yeah. It's not even close. Yeah. Um, and it also works on this presumption that things are inherently illegal and then, you know, positive rights and stuff, all, all, all that. Yeah. Um, we've, we've talked about before, but um, yeah, you know, we, we, when that is our, our fantasy, then clearly there's something going on. And this is not me doing you know, armchair analysis of all of the films that we watch, but it's just something that we know is, is floating around in there. So I, I, I do worry because I think we give ourselves as a species too much credit for being inherently good when we likely are not. We're not. Yeah. We're, we're very tribal. I think that's, um, some of our best qualities become uh, come from the fact that we're naturally tribal, and some of our worst also come from the same thing. Um, but I, I want everybody who's listening to do uh, just a just a little look back at their life, uh, whether if they're ANCAP now, especially you got to look back. Remember a time when you weren't. Remember a time when you're in high school. And you were a new driver. 
and you would bitch about everything that the other drivers would do, it, whether it bothered, whether it affected you or not, right? Especially the things that didn't. Um, remember back to a time that you saw somebody run a red light, the nobody was coming, they turned on the red or whatever, and you saw blue lights kick on. And you were like, ha, got him. Because most of us have done, I've done it. I, those kind of things I actually remember periodically throughout my life uh, that I haven't come to terms with since I have uh, adopted the non-aggression principle. And I've, I truly feel guilty about even that. Um, just getting joy from that. Uh, and I think we all, I think most people listening here are probably libertarian, maybe not ANCAP, but somewhere close. And I think we all should look back on our lives and remember the little things that we've done that were very much like Karen, uh, very much like the little kid throwing a rock at the Jew, or very much like the guy who didn't throw any rocks at the Jew, but he was willing to, you know, talk shit about him to all the other neighbors. Yeah, they added to it, right? Um, just letting that seep in that, you know, the red light didn't hurt anybody. Like he, there wasn't anybody coming. They just ran through a light that happened to be the color red. And then you're happy that they got their money stolen, their time stolen away from their families or what, what not, what have you. I mean, uh, a lot of people who get pulled over are people who can't, who really will affect their lives to pay a $200 ticket or whatever. Like it'll affect a lot of their life. Uh, and for me to get joy from that, it's disgusting. And I uh, shouldn't have ever done it, but I did. So everybody listening, think about that. Think about the time you got joy from somebody being hurt that did not deserve it. And is it resentment? Is it jealousy? Because when you think about that, when you... So when you think about that, when you think about the times you found joy in someone being pulled over, was it because you had this sense of, hey, I'm playing the game, you need to play the game? That's exactly what it was. It was like, I fucking hate sitting at that red light when nobody's coming to, but I do it. That's exactly what it was. And I think maybe that's, where a lot of this is, is, is some combination of resentment and jealousy and things like that, because that's why we see cancel culture only really permeating in what I would consider the, what would you call the, the celebrity sphere, the, mm -hmm. that area. Yes, it will happen with some folks who are in power, you know, even if it's a, a leadership position within a company or within 
some other small organization. But people who have very little power do not find themselves being canceled, right? Yeah. If you're not affecting any change or any real thought in people or not enough people, yeah, you're not going to be, you're not worth their time. And of course, that's the counter argument, right? The, the counter argument is if we're going to cancel anybody, it should be the person who has the biggest platform and the biggest influence. But that also is going to be the person that you're likely the most resentful of, the most jealous of, right? Mm -hmm. Someone who has, and I think it goes both ways. So Gina uh, Carano here. I think let's say let's say I'm a woman and I uh, think that she's attractive and I'm jealous of that, then I would probably be upset by her. Mm-hmm. And similarly, if she were hideous and unattractive but somehow also got famous, I would be upset that someone who's not even as attractive as I am got famous as well. So there are millions of ways to um, skin this particular cat, but all of them ladder up to the same feelings of inadequacy within ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and, and then you can look at you know what the news did to her when she said these things that were enlightening. I mean. Because the news has been spouting to turn people in, right? Even our president has asked to turn people, right, since he became president. So the fact that she said something about it, you know, uh, was it, it it made, it made really good sense. So we can't let that happen. So what they do, they made sure that every tweet that they pulled up made it look like, I don't know whether she was a Trump supporter or not but it made it look like she was right because to be a trump supporter is to be a terrorist today right so says the fbi right yeah i mean so i mean fuck dude uh i mean i hate to say it i don't want it to be true but when you when you say when we go back to uh, I don't think we were recording when we were talking about this, but the rebel flag, right? Um, down here in the South, a lot of people weren't looking at flying the rebel flag like it was making people feel inadequate because they were black or, you know, whatever. In fact, in the 70s, there was a black NASCAR driver that was very good, championship winning NASCAR driver that had one on his car. I mean, in the South, it, at one point, it was about the South because the Klan was flying their own flag then. You know, it was, it was only when the flag, the Klan had to go underground that they were like, we're not going to fly the Klan flag. We're gonna, I'll put up a rebel flag and you'll know. You know? And then, you know, it start in the set I'm talking about in the south it started having these connotations but um fuck where are they going with this 
I don't know where I was going with this. I just got lost. Maybe something around the sense that you're getting canceled because of a symbol, even though your intent is not to be right. Yeah, I think, I think so. Um, so you see all these people getting upset about the rebel flag. And then the people who are supporting the rebel flag immediately go to, Oh, here's where I was getting it. All right. So if you're calling everybody who has a rebel flag on their truck, a racist and then calling, not only calling them a racist, but you know, denouncing them and they might as well be hanging black people in there. If they had no intention of ever doing that and being, you know, a normal Southern person, they just thought like, you know, I fucking hate the North. It sucks up there. You know, I'm proud of South, you know, which you know, when I was a kid, there was a lot of people who flew a flag like that. That that's what it meant to them. Uh, today, I think there's a lot less of that. I think if you fly in it now, you're like, you're either just like the middle finger to all the people with their race culture bullshit, or you're actually racist. Probably fifty fifty, you know. But um, but it, you know, when I was a child, that's what it was that's what you that's what you end up with though you end up with you know fuck you man like you can call me a racist you know i'm gonna start acting like one uh, you're you're less intelligent people which i'm sorry we got through public school that's what you're gonna get most most times right um that's what you're gonna end up with so if you call every Trump supporter a terrorist, you might end up one day. Like, you keep pushing the fucking envelope, you might end up with some goddamn terrorists. You know, some real fucking terrorists. Not like, holy shit, they let us into the Capitol. Let me take a selfie. You know, you might end up with a real motherfucker. You know what I mean? You might end up with somebody who really hurts people. And it's not, and I can't sit here and say like, you know, it's your fault. It happened. But it's not, not your fault. Like that person had to make their decisions too. I believe in self, you know, and, you know, self-ownership and whatnot. But you're pushing people's psyche. These people are scared. Um, including my, myself, uh, I don't, I, I will leave, but a lot of people can't, like I'll always make it, whether I got a job today or whatever, I always find a way to make enough money. Like I'll, I'll be fine, you know, and I'll leave, I'll leave if I got to, you know, and if I can't leave legally, I'll find an underground way to leave. I'm really good at that kind of thing, but a lot of people aren't. And a lot of people don't think like that. A lot of people haven't planned shit out. They're scared. When, and we're not asking questions, right? When we think about 
how we're making those terrorists. We're making those threats. Um, when we think about how we're generating uh, uh, some sort of a response, mm-hmm. it's because the narrative is, oh, they don't deserve your understanding. They don't deserve your sympathy. They don't deserve to have their voice heard. Same thing with, you know, the, uh, the, school shooter vibe, right? These Mm -hmm. people who've been radicalized in, in any way, left, right, up, down, doesn't matter. Radicalized in any way that they would, you know, shoot up a place. Uh, Never mind any of that that is staged, false flag, whatever. Anyone who's legitimately doing it, I'm talking about that, right? The idea that someone can be pushed to such a limit that they would commit atrocities. And speaking of that, let me let me just anybody who doesn't think that Hollywood had something to do with that, watch the movie Three Ninjas. I just watched it. Holy shit. I remember that little song that me and my friends used to sing before people shot up about, you know, the poor teacher getting shot. Yeah, so watch Three Ninjas by Hollywood. Oh Tum Tum. <laughs> oh Tum Tum. Yeah. You go ahead. Were you more of a Rocky or a Colt? Uh, fuck. Probably a Rocky. I would have just smashed before I was a uh, father. You know, I'd smash my head into a wall until I was dead just to uh, win. So, yeah, fair enough. So you're more more of a Colt now. Yeah. So you, I'll run when I need to. Yeah, now. Sort of a, not a girl, but not yet a woman. Once my kids are grown and can take care of themselves, I'll go right back to like smashing my face into a wall. Yeah. I'm sure the walls are excited and counting down the days. And don't let me win the lottery because it's just practical jokes on entire governments for the rest of my life. Planning out million, two million, ten million dollar jokes on entire governments. Which is what our Kickstarter is for. So <laughs> we'll put the link in the description. We're looking for a three hundred and forty million dollar goal. Uh, let's do it. Hollywood, yes, had a bit to do with that. But even if they didn't, I think there's something to be said for this idea that we have no sympathy for these folks, right? They're wretched, they're evil, they shoot up schools, they shoot up movie theaters, Mm -hmm. whatever that is, right? But I don't think it's about being sympathetic to those people as individuals. I think it's about understanding how they got there. And these are questions that we're not asking. No. And that's, I think, kind of what you're talking about with this, uh, you know, Trump, what would you call it? The Trump squad, the Trump group, the Trump tribe. Let's just call it what everybody's been calling it, Trump derangement syndrome. But isn't Trump derangement system more the the folks who are put off by him more than anything. Cause I would argue 
that the people who sound the least sane when they're talking about him are usually the people who are not in support of him. Yeah, derangement syndrome. But what, what I'm talking about the people who were sort of forced into becoming that that terrorist that you talk about, right? When you're talking, oh. when you call someone a racist for so long, they go, well, I might as oh. well be a racist. Okay, so like the someone. Trump supporter that becomes racist. Yeah, the, yeah. the MAGA crowd. Yeah. Right? Uh, you know, I don't think that any of us went into this thinking, oh, Trump's a genius, right? Some of us came out of the other side thinking that, right? <clears throat> I went into it thinking, holy shit, if Herman Cain becomes his vice president, every public speaking event will be hilarious. That's what I thought. Rest in peace, Herman Cain. But this is the slowest speaking dude ever. <laughs> so that's talk radio. You gotta fill the day. Safely. There's some nuts out there. I mean, how funny would that be? In Stupidville, he says. <laughs> there are some nuts out there <laughs> in Stupidville. Man, that would have been funny. God, I wish that would have happened. Herman, come back it, to us. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't happen. It didn't happen. Um, and his t-shirts were amazing. Boat. <laughs> Rock me like a Herman Cain. That's hilarious. <laughs> uh, I'm calling it right now. That is the title of this episode. <laughs> so, you know, you're looking at all these people who, who voted for Trump or were like, holy shit, the establishment's really out to get this guy. And I need to support him because they're out to get me too. That's the part of this that speaks to me. A person who doesn't believe in government at all. Where I'm like, this was a joke to me. This was a comical joke to me that Trump won, right? I got to watch the establishment squirm, right? But then when they attacked him, to be honest with you, completely honest with all of you, I felt a little bit like I was being attacked because I know that I'm not acceptable more than he's not acceptable. I know that whatever they did to him, they would do tenfold to me. Yeah, he plays by more rules than you do. Right. So I was like, I almost wanted to. If it wasn't for my principled belief system, I would have supported him, I think. Because my tribal instinct wanted to. Every time that he got attacked, my tribal instinct wanted to. Well, and I think it goes without saying that there are a large, large number of people who voted for Trump but would not consider themselves... Trump supporters, right? Yeah. I would I would say probably the majority of the people who voted for him. Yeah, I mean, anyone you asked on TV would say that, even if they were a Trump supporter. 
Because, I mean, that's what made it so funny with the polls, right? But, but, but it's an interesting analog that when you, when you talk about these things, right? Because that side, um, the, the, the Trump, the Herman Cain, the all that, it, it is very similar to what you talk about with blue lights coming on and you're like, ha ha, got him. Because Herman Cain, as we know, he died whether due to complications with COVID or just died having COVID, whatever it is, there was a resounding joy from an entire swath of people at his death in the same way that folks would be elated that someone who ran a red light got pulled over. Yeah. The idea that I had to play this game, I couldn't go outside, I had to wear a mask, you died, it's your fault. Mm-hmm. Like, no, granted, he did have throat and lung cancer and beat it, and he was again. Very, <laughs> yeah. Again, I think we're I think we're on the same page there as far as like what actually killed him, but yeah. the the fact that he was written off as a COVID death and people took joy. Yeah. People were happy, like not just happy, but elated. They were elated uh, by the, the death of another person the, because that person. And I'm going to say it the game. way they said it in their, in their friend atmosphere, because I've been in it, right? The right token black guy died. Now, who are they going to point to when they say they're not racist? That's exactly what they were saying. Because I was at the parties. Right. Because, believe it or not, the fact that I disagree with Republicans makes Democrats think that I'm on their side. I get calls from both sides. They don't know what to fucking think about me. I don't tell them. I don't tell your average person that I'm anarchist and cat, right? I just go, yeah, I'm against that. Or, yeah, I'm for that. And they're like, oh, he's on my side. Or he's not on my side. Or just ask somebody running for alderman around me, like, all right, what are your principles? Well, I believe that everybody should be peaceful and love each other and uh, People should have money. So how are you going to get there? Well, you know, we are the richest nation in the world. Why don't people have money? Well, first you're going to have to tell me that, you know, prove to me that people don't have money to, like, go through this conversation. And then she's like, uh, uh, well, I mean, you just said that's like your core belief, so you've got to have like a, a swath of people that you believe don't have money, and you've got a way to get them money, right? Uh, uh, that's what I run into. That's your politics today. Well, 
wishing death upon someone is kind of the ultimate cancel, right? Yeah. It's the ultimate cancel culture because Herman Cain was a part of a tribe that protected him from being canceled (laughs) for that, right? (laughs) Because no one on the MAGA crowd can get canceled, right? Because they're free from that. So the joy had to wait until the ultimate cancel, which was he had to leave the earth. He's fucking dead. It's so, and then I get the people on the right calling me like, Oh, I'm so sad that Herman died. Did you go to his fish fry? I did. Yeah. (laughs) There's fucking pictures of it. (laughs) Right. Uh, in fact, one of our good friends, like that's his, whenever he calls me, it's him standing next to, uh, uh, not, not Herman came, but like, uh, who was it? Neil Bortz? No, it was another dude who ran for president. Uh, who was the speaker of the house at one point. Uh, what the fuck's that guy's name? Newt. Oh, and, uh, Newt. Yeah. Newt. You're right. Yeah, he was standing next to Newt Gingrich. Gingrich. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, I've been going to politics things. You've been going to them. They're ridiculous. The whole thing. No matter what side you're on, right? (laughs) Well, yeah, he's dead. And and these people rejoice in that. And I think it, it is a lot exactly what you're saying. Like I, I'm happy that they got pulled over because I'm playing by these rules. This guy says that, you know, masks are stupid or, you know, that we're making a bigger deal about it than we should because we're going to hurt more people by doing this than this. And that's where I'm talking about weighing your options, weighing your risk, right? And that's where people should have their own free will. Because, you know, I think that COVID is more important to my family, right? Than, than having money and then my car, then my house and my, you know, like let's, let's, you know, fucking lose our house. Who cares? Right. Or, you know, our risk of hitting it's really low. So I'm going to make sure that my family stays on top of the socioeconomic ladder. Right. It's my fucking choice to make. That's what America was supposed to be. That's what everybody who joins the military says they're defending, but they're not. They're fucking taking that away from you. That's what they do. You join the military, all you do is fucking police your own people and take their choices away. Or police other countries' people and take their choices away. You're not defending liberty anymore. Maybe there was one time that we had people joining the U.S. military, that we actually did that. They've been living off them coattails way too fucking long. Let's stop it. Join a goddamn militia. That'll get you fucking canceled. Maybe we just got canceled. They took down, what, two militias recently? The police provoked them into a battle and then called them the bad guys? 
Well, and taking that to its logical conclusion, is it not worth just boiling it down to why don't you just worry about yourself? Because so much of it sounds like you're worried because when I think about the the average person who wants to cancel Gina Carano, yeah, it's not someone who is fiercely independent. It is someone who has curated their own Instagram, Twitter, whatever it is, such that they say all of the right things and have been meticulous about towing the party line and have said all the right things. And then she doesn't play the game at all. And that has got to be infuriating. In fact, it might be someone who's uh, steers clear of social media because they're afraid of what they might say. Yes. And they wish that they had the gall to say something that they actually believed on the internet. So, and, and I'd like to introduce another uh, thought activity that you can do with yourself to, uh, to help yourself avoid these same mistakes in your thoughts. Because our tribal brains will always bring us to these weird conclusions that we know aren't right. Right. Um, and you have to, you have to stop and take two steps back and go like that person just said something rude to me. First thing in the morning, they're normally not rude to me. Right. I bet some fucked up shit happened to them. First thing, like you have to think about all the, the times that you jumped off on somebody when you shouldn't have, right? And say, what brought me to that point? Uh, I wonder if that is what's going on here, right? If it's not affecting you, like your personal property, your money, like your, your job opportunities, whatever, like if it's just a you know, slap in your face because it is what it is. You know, it's just something rude, right? You, if you step back and you think about it like that, you go, oh, shit, I've kind of done that to somebody <laughs> under these. Three. And then you can go, hey, man, did this happen? Or, And if it did, like, it's such a relief to that person. And, like, somebody understands what they're going through and – you help them to not make those mistakes in the future during that day. And if it's not, then you just know that that person's a dick. I mean, it's, it's so helpful to do that. And it takes a lot of self-control to do that. But please, please try it. Everybody listening, please try it because if you can look at your, let's just do it. Let, let's say I can't do it to anybody else but my spouse. You wouldn't believe how much it will improve the relationship between you and your spouse. 
to try to look at the situation that you're in through their point of view first, the things that happen in their day to get them to where they're at, where, why they're acting, you know, irrational in your eyes. Right. Um, it'll help whatever you're going through. Well, I think it's also a shift in the perspective that you have on the world, right? So it's not just a shift in perspective toward how you treat others, but also how you perceive the world. Because you said something that I think was really interesting, the idea that it's not affecting you, it's not affecting your job or your job prospects. I think people truly do believe that it is because there is this scarcity mentality the idea that there can only be so many successful people, there can only be so much money, right? There's all this narrative around, there's no such thing as, you know, a, a legitimate billionaire, right? The idea that no one should be a billionaire. What does that even mean? That's, yeah. that's next week's episode right there. So yeah. the, the idea of scarcity as opposed to abundance I think that perspective alone would change a lot of that, right? The idea that there's enough for everyone. So why would you be worried about someone taking your job or taking your place, right? That's what jealousy is, is yeah. thinking that someone has something that's rightfully yours, that you're coveting. So we can get into what real economics is and what you know, Keynesian economics, which is, I mean, in in true, you know, economic philosophy today, and like your real thinkers, Keynesian economics is debunked. And granted, that is what the governments go on right now. Like, but it's only because they give the governments, Keynesian economics gives the governments power, right? But like anybody who's respected in economics, Keynesian economics is, you know, no good, right? Um, and we can get into that uh, probably the next episode. I mean, I have so much to talk about on that. Uh, and if you want to know more than I could ever teach you, listen to anything Bob Murphy puts out on his podcast. Go back into an archive and listen to uh, Contra Krugman, which was a Keynesian. He is a Keynesian economics uh Nobel Prize winner. Yeah, even that, right? He's wrong on almost everything he's ever talked about in his entire life. And he's got a, uh, an article in the Times. So, uh, yeah. Contra Krugman. Amazing series that Tom Woods and Bob Murphy put out. I wish it was still going, but I understand why it's not. Uh, and hopefully if cruises ever start happening again, there will be the Contra Crudeman cruise happening again. Because uh, we all know I want to go on that. Anyway. <clears throat> um, so, economics, if you if you study any legitimate form of economics, you know that there isn't any set amount of wealth. There may be a set amount of money, which would be better than not a set amount of money. Uh, 
but the wealth that that money um i don't know uh it's word i'm looking for but the wealth of that money like uh instills in whatever it does right is is fluctuating so if you have this protectionist point of view that we're talking about today you're not just affecting you know the the party that you're speaking you're affecting everybody in the world to to a to stifle innovation or anything, any, um, say I'm, I'm using my money this way and you think I should be using it that way uh, and you stop it, but I've already spent it over here and now, you know, now that's illegal. So all that money's wasted and then this money's got to go. It doesn't matter if that was a less efficient way for me to spend it over here. You've made the entire world poorer by stopping that it needed to it needed to 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 run its course because uh even if it wasn't the most efficient way it was going to teach the world through the free market the right way to go with their money and it wasn't going to be a complete waste because there was going to be something out of it right um so people think about things in like oh you know $1200 here and this person's got $1200 dollars don't mean shit wealth is what means shit well the the what we teach those people is exactly what creates billionaires right the idea that there is no static amount of money, there is no static amount of dollars. So if I'm at the top of that stack or anywhere near it, then I'm going to continue to try and be on the top of that because over time, if I just stick all of that in a mattress, it goes away, right? So those very systems that we've created have spawned that, that very attitude. But the idea that there's not enough is absurd because there's more than enough and continues to be more than enough. So if you take that perspective and apply it not only to the world around you, but like you say, start at home, start with the way that you look at your spouse, the way that you looked at your loved ones, your family, even those family who are maybe toxic and you might need to you know, figure out a balance of where they actually fit into your life. But overall, exercising the idea that they might not be taking your job or taking up your space in this world or taking your wealth. Yeah. Where did they come from? it's, It's amazing when you step back and you go, holy shit, look at the real wealth that's being wasted when you really know what wealth is, because uh, a little brain exercise, say there's $12 in the world, 12, that's it. What changes? Let's say computers are being innovated 
faster than they are today. Uh, houses are are becoming ten times better than they ever were with every house. Cars are just, I mean, the last car I bought wasn't even close to the, the car I just got, right? There's only $12 to disperse to all of these people. What's the difference? What if you, $12 is the same thing as saying 12 trillion, right? It doesn't matter how many dollars you have in your wallet. It matters what that can get you. So for every dollar that's spent on you, on you or me, we need to be productive in that. Because the more productive we are for the dollar that we make, the richer the entire world gets. I'm not saying to, to, you know, slave yourself out for $2. I'm just saying, like, don't take a job working for the government where you're not giving back to the, to the world. Please try not to. And I, I am speaking from a hypocritical point of view because Half of my family income comes from a government job. And my wife doesn't believe the same way I do. And I don't force my beliefs onto my wife. I just let her know what they are. And yes, she has, you know, if you say, I think your job's immoral and makes people starve to death. You know, people who believe in their jobs take it personally. And uh, I've had to answer for that a few times, right? Um, and it's caused some issues, but I was also here when she took the government job. So I was like, if you feel that's what you want to do, and you do it. But I went and got a private job. Good one. Grew a company into a giant corporation. Sold it. Made the owner millions. He lives on an island now. You know what I mean? Like, But in some ways, that is you practicing what you preach. Because you were trying to understand where she was coming from. You are trying to be empathetic and understanding in the way that no one is now when everyone just gets canceled and written off. So right. even though you absolutely do disagree with whatever that governing body is and whatever system it is that uh, she's attached to, mm -hmm. you are doing right by her by supporting her in her decisions. And I do believe that she is misguidedly trying to make it better. I absolutely believe that. I think that she thinks that she can do it. But I also see her getting shot down constantly. 
I don't think that my wife will ever say ANCAP was the right way, right? But I do see her li living in Saipan and going, well, this is where our family is now. But no, you weren't right. You know? <laughs> like, yeah. Meanwhile, like, bombs are blowing up in the U.S. So we're in Saipan. Like, all right, we're cool. Yeah. Which takes some capital to make happen, right? So I guess maybe that's a, that's a good note to end on. How much money do you have to have to not worry about being canceled? Um, I think that's an indefinite amount of wealth because I don't speak in forms of money. So. Capital. Yeah. So, I don't know, man. I, I think I'm there. I mean, I'm unemployed. <laughs> I make nothing. But my skill set and my worth to people who do want to make money is at a point in my life where I know that no matter where I go, I'm good. I know how to do that. And if, if nobody else wants to do it, I'll do it. And then I'll just use my own skill set, you know? But I would like to uh, bring in some more online money. So that's a cute, a, a great segue into uh, supporting listeners. <laughs> if, uh, if you want to donate, uh, please send uh, email. Yeah. Yeah. Email to, uh, um, fake safety pod dot com. And we will set up a, uh, a Patreon. I, I know you guys probably most hardcore of you do not want to do Patreon and we're new to this. So if you haven't noticed by the, uh, audio quality we are new to this and uh we will set up something where you can do preferably crypto yeah we need to we need to do crypto because we're not trying to get our families you know black band or anything like that um i'm, I'm big into uh gun ownership i have quite an arsenal and I will always have one, whether they take it or not. I have subscribed to a lot of secret organizations that uh, I can print 12 gauges. So, fuck you. <laughs> um, I'm always going to have a fucking arsenal. So, kiss my ass, whoever you are. Um Yeah, we don't we don't we don't want our doors kicked in, our kids scared, our 
wives going, what the fuck are you doing? I thought you were just talking shit and, you know, playing guitar. Oh, what we're doing. No. So I think, uh, what Vance meant there is, uh, fake safety pod at gmail.com. Fuck. The site is fake safety.com. And we will be putting up some crypto links soon enough. What did I say? I believe you said fakesafetypod.com. Fuck me. Which is probably a website that's not taken. So I'm not worried about it. Yeah, maybe we'll own that too. Maybe we'll own the whole fucking world. You never know. Listen to us. Give us thumbs up. Five stars. Maybe we'll be uh, the next Bezos. Bezos. What's the fucking name? How do you pronounce it? Oh, it's uh, it's pronounced Jeff. 